Hey everyone, welcome to the Duncan Aviation Straight Talk podcast. My name is Harrison Duncan, and I am here today with Dave Coleman and Leah Lenardic from our aircraft sales team. Dave, Leah, thank you both for joining us. I'm going to let you guys uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick. Um, Dave, would you like to start out? Yeah, good. Thanks, Harrison. Appreciate uh, being with you guys today. Yeah, my name is David Coleman. I grew up in an aviation family. My father worked for a major aircraft manufacturer in aircraft sales, and the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree, so to speak. It's in my DNA. So I started really young. I've been flying since before I could see over the instrument panel. I've got my private pilot's license on my 17th birthday, soloed on my 16th birthday. And by the time I turned 22, uh, I had my first uh, jet type rating. Later on, uh, got my ATP and, and flew professionally for five years as a professional pilot. I've always been in the technical side of the business. Um, even when I first started working into working into it, I was part of an aircraft certification program for an airplane coming over from Europe. Uh, and then when we were operating our charter business, I was uh, basically uh, a technical specialist doing records review and aircraft uh, maintenance oversight. More recently, in the last 10 years, I've refocused myself back into aircraft sales, first with an OEM, then with a prominent brokerage here in the United States. And then finally, I'm in my fourth year with Duncan Aviation. I'm based in Chicago, which allows me the opportunity to get to either Battle Creek or Lincoln very easily. I'm proud to uh, have a, a coworker who works with me in Chicago. And Leah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Harrison. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity. I, like Dave, grew up in an aviation family. My mother was on the management team of Scott Air Charter in Milwaukee from before when I was born. And as a result, my first job about 20 years ago was right there at Scott Air Charter. And I was initially determined not to remain in aviation following directly in my mother's footsteps. I went on to study economics at UW-Madison, but couldn't help it. I got a job at the local FBO and have stayed in aviation ever since. Um, I moved down to Chicago about 15 years ago now and have had several roles in the industry working for different charter operators, FBOs. I had my own consulting company for a time. I ended up managing a heliport here in Chicago, during which time I also joined IBAC's ISBA Standards Board for ground handling safety. And I'm proud to have joined an organization which has its ISBA certification now. I think that's really important. And I've been working for Duncan Aviation for the last two years within the aircraft sales team. Perfect. Thank you both for your uh, introductions. And uh, obviously, you're both very accomplished folks here in our industry. And we're uh, incredibly happy that you're here with us at Duncan Aviation. And so now we're just going to dive right into the questions here. So first, let's start off talking about the overall market, the aircraft sales market. And uh, can you just tell us a little bit, just a quick overview of the market real quick for us? Dave, would you like to start us off? Yeah, happy to. So generally speaking, 
I'd have to say that I'm kind of glad that we waited a couple of months before we had this podcast because it's given us a chance to actually see the impact it's had on the market. I'm actually surprised that the market has been as stable as it has. Uh, just looking at the numbers really quickly, we've only really seen about uh, three-tenths of an increase in the number of airplanes available for sale. That, to me, is remarkable stability. Interestingly enough, if you dive into the numbers, both the midsize and light jet markets, the number of available jets has remained pretty much flat. It's really been in the heavier equipment that we've seen the largest rise in available airplanes. The interesting thing, however, is that despite this relative flatness, we've also seen demand being extremely low as well. So it's almost as if the sellers are hesitant to place their airplanes on the market. And at the same time, the buyers are just as hesitant to do deals. So it's kind of a standoff right now. And it will be the next month or two months that'll really allow us to have a clearer picture of what we're gonna see as we roll into the late third and fourth quarters. Leah, do you have anything to add? Yes, I think Dave's absolutely right. What we've seen more of is a contraction in activity rather than a change in values necessarily. There just haven't been enough transactions over the last four to six weeks to make a, a strong determination on how aircraft values within the market have changed. There's a couple really interesting side notes that I think would be um, good for the listeners to know. Uh, the first is that Duncan Aviation's MRO side of the business is seeing a uptick, a rise in requests for pre-purchase inspections. So that's a really good sign. In our department, we are getting a few more calls on our existing inventory now as opposed to previous weeks. So that's also a good sign. But there are still a couple things out there that concern me that I think anybody who's thinking of selling will want to know. The first is that the OEMs are having probably the hardest time right now dealing with all the, the situation. But first of all, they're just not getting the demand in new aircraft as they did, say, six months ago. So they're forced into this position of, of trying to stimulate demand through discount. And as a result, whenever you see new aircraft being discounted, it often results in the pre-owned market being pushed down because when a late model aircraft that's very similar to a new production aircraft is competing against a new production aircraft and the OEM discounts, that'll just push that price down. And that kind of has a feedback or a domino effect down through the, the market chain. So we're, we're watching that and we're, we're seeing that happen and we're kind of 
waiting to see what the ramifications are of that, that behavior. The other thing that we're very concerned about is there's a lot of folks that are making inquiries about aircraft that we've never heard from before. They're unknown to us and they're demanding significant discounts or they're making offers on airplanes without a very fundamental knowledge of the marketplace. Um, and I think that distorts um, value, what the perception our clients have of their values of their own airplanes. Leah, what do you think? Yes, certainly we saw an increase in offers for listed aircraft after about the first few weeks of uh, quarantine periods and lockdowns and travel restrictions. And those initial offers were lowball offers or opportunistic offers from prospective buyers who might think that all aircraft will be discounted across the board. But as Dave mentioned, these are not typically prospective buyers who are known entities within the market. So we as representatives of the sellers, for instance, are not really taking those offers seriously. Gotcha. Well, thank you both for your insights on that. Um, it sounds to me like um, we do have some positive things from our industry, from a, from an aircraft sales perspective and just in the, the market in general. Um, and you both kind of answered this in a way, but could you just expand on it as well? How are the values of aircraft being impacted by this? Well, uh, I always say I try to talk about price without talking about price because my crystal ball is murky at best. What I really think people have to understand is when inventories aren't rising and demand isn't rising, you don't necessarily have any market forces per se that are impacting value. All right. So really, the only reason we would see a big drop in values right now would be strictly on perception. It wouldn't be because inventories have climbed to such a huge level and there's a lack of demand that the prices have to fall. That happened like after 2008, 2009. Inventories shot up. There were just not enough buyers out there. And as a result, there was nothing but down for the market. Right now, we're not seeing that. So right now, it's kind of like a stalemate. Now, with that being said, there are going to be those sellers that simply have to sell for whatever particular reason. And those guys are going to start looking at what is it going to take to, to, to get to move my airplane. I think right now, the ones that are going to be under the most pressure are going to be either A, dealers that are holding inventory that they own. They're, they have carrying costs. They're in the business of, of buying and selling airplanes. They can't, quote unquote, fly themselves out of a problem. I mean, they just simply have to sell. So those folks might be taking a, a look at offers that are significantly below where their expectations were. The second are going to be small and mid-sized businesses that are directly impacted by the pandemic. Generally speaking, you're talking about folks that are in the any travel-related type businesses or 
entertainment related businesses such as restaurants, hotels, things like that. Those folks, they're going to need the cash. Now, interestingly enough, we're just not seeing those types of sales happening right now. We just aren't. It's almost like people are saying, I'm going to sell, I'm going to get rid of my airplane only when you rip it out of my cold, dead hands. Because the value of business aviation is significantly different now than it was six months ago. Well, the value, let me rephrase that. The health and safety benefits of private aviation six months ago was priority 999 out of a thousand reasons why you would own an airplane. Now it's number one. And so as a result, people are taking a fresh look and they look at their airplane as this, so almost like a, the boy in the bubble, right? They can fly around in the sky and not have to worry about sitting directly next to 300 strangers in a metal tube. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're just not seeing the sky is falling kind of, you know, panic in the market because people don't want to get rid of their airplanes right now. So again, I'm talking about price without talking about price. Yes, values are going to be impacted because There's going to be a portion of those folks that just have to sell, but there isn't a um, a widespread, um, you know, across the board decline in values simply for no reason. Sure. No, absolutely. Leah, do you have anything to add to that? I would just echo some of what Dave has said already with regard to um, the Utility, I think that most aircraft owners can see in their within their flight departments. I think most private aircraft owners right now are taking a long view on using business aviation as a tool within their organizations and even expanding its use. So what we're not seeing is private flight departments dumping their fleets. We have seen a contraction in acquisition requests, and I would say that's true across the board. Uh, A number of our colleagues across the industry have said that they're receiving fewer acquisition requests right now, but that may have more to do with the difficulties in completing any kind of transaction right now. So some people are just Some buyers are just sidelined because it's too difficult to get business done until travel restrictions ease, until we have some kind of clarity with regard to what's going on in the marketplace, both domestically and internationally. I don't think it is, um, you know, a permanent contraction. It's just temporary. Yeah, I would add, I would add to that, Harrison, that, um, that one of the reasons why flight hours, right, have been down is, frankly, frankly speaking, there's been nowhere to go. You know, you, you want to go someplace and they're going to put you on a 14-day quarantine, right? Or, you know, you want to go miss, meet with somebody, but they don't want to meet with you, right? Now, what's really interesting is I was just right before this podcast looking up the current stats. Flying hours are up on a seven-day moving average, Flight hours are up 40% right now. 
So I can tell you that people are starting to return to the air as we speak. I can tell you yesterday I was in the air um, and the radio traffic was much heavier than it was when I was flying three weeks ago. So it's anecdotal, but we also have the data to prove it. Flying hours are up. Great. No, that's that's great news as well. To sign back to uh, back to the normal that we're all used to. And something I'd also mention, we are, of course, uh, maintaining our social distancing. Dave and Leah are in Chicago, of course. With that, thinking about social distancing, it's hard to make aircraft transactions right now. We would like to know what you guys are doing right now um, during this time to do those types of transactions without necessarily having that face-to-face meeting and uh, so on. Leah, go right ahead. Absolutely. Well, we've certainly found that the number of conference calls we've had has increased over the last few weeks. And it just helps to check in with all the parties and make sure that everyone's on the same page throughout the, the different steps of a transaction. Dave himself has recently, obviously Dave as a pilot, has been able to fly down to make aircraft visits. So we do have some aircraft listings in the pipeline, which Dave has been able to go and check out himself while the seller's representatives have stayed away from the aircraft. We've been able to check in with them and give them updates. I personally have been working from home for the last two months, so that leaves the office all to Dave. So we're keeping our social distance that way. Um, When it comes to the final parts of the transaction, um, the FAA offices have actually, the registry window has been closed. However, the FAA has allowed smaller packages of documents, say 20 pages or less, to now be submitted via DocuSign, which they had been very reluctant to do in the past. So we are able to move forward on most transactions in a timely manner. Some of the more complex closings do require a bit of a delay and the understanding from all parties that that's that's just the way business is right now. But we're doing everything we can to keep the ball rolling and keep transactions moving through the pipeline. Quite frankly, the only real restriction we're seeing is in international travel Um, which has meant that some buyers and sellers, you know, they can't come to visit an aircraft that's here in the United States. But we hope to see that change over the next couple months as travel restrictions ease. Dave? Yeah, so I would tell you that, um, you know, domestically here in the United States, the biggest challenge we're facing right now is being able to gain access to the aircraft in the MROs. I know that some of the OEMs are just flat out saying no. There's other OEMs that are limiting um, technical representatives to, to come onto the aircraft for no more than one hour in a day. So they can come on site for an hour review and then they have to go off site. Generally speaking, however, if you want to look at an airplane or do an aircraft showing or viewing, that's entirely um, simple to do because those types of restrictions are really limited to um, to the, the, the big MRO facilities and the big uh, OEM facilities, those types of uh, significant restrictions. I would say that the big 
you know, things that are making challenge transactions more challenging that do have a more significant data, you know, big picture impact really have to do with two things. One is the banks are, they're loaning out money to buy airplanes, but they're tightening their lending standards. If you want a strong loan to value, LTV value, and you're, you, you thought, well, I can get a 90% or a 95% LTV, that's just not going to happen right now. The banks are not going to want to, you know, give you a 95% LTV when they feel that, you know, maybe the market's going to drop 15% in the next six months. They'd be upside down on a, on a, on a loan at that point. So you see a lot of 65 to 70% LTVs on loans and things of that nature. They're also maybe reconsidering some of the older aircraft, and they certainly are shying away from anything that doesn't have an engine program. So expect that to hinder a transaction, and hopefully, um, both uh, uh, the, hopefully the buyer has done their homework to make sure that that's um, uh, that's not going to hinder a transaction. The the most the, the newest phenomenon which really came to light this week and the end of last week was the issue of PPP funding. These are government-backed loans. They're called payroll. It's called the Payroll Protection Program. These are U.S. government loans that go out to businesses, businesses that require funding to cover payroll and other operating expenses that really a business needs to, to keep people employed, right? and essentially not go out of business. Well, those loans require the borrower uh, to, you know, basically sign an affidavit saying that they uh, really truly require the loan, that they need it, um, it limits what they can use the money for, uh, and so on and so forth. And what we're finding and we're seeing and this is happening as we speak, and, and we're not the only broker dealing with this issue. There's other brokers I've spoken to in the marketplace that's saying that their aircraft transactions are on hold because the buyer signed up for PPP funding and um, does not particularly find the optics to be something they want to be a part of if they're going to be buying an airplane and they're also taking this, these grant funds. So this is something that um, I would say anybody who's a seller right now may want to make sure that their buyer looks into this before they make a commitment to purchase. Great. No, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, thank you for the insight. Um, and last here uh, regarding the uh, industry, uh, what recommendations would you guys have for flight departments and what actions should they take right now while uh, their airplane may be sitting idle and, uh, how to get going uh, when things get going again. Leah, would you like to uh, start us off there with uh, some insight? Sure. Um, I think it's important that flight departments take care of their own employees, their own business, and make sure that their houses are in order right now before moving forward. Um, recognizing that this is a temporary situation. And once travel restrictions ease, 
they'll find more utility from their flight department now than they perhaps did six months ago. Um, the NBAA actually puts out a report, the Business Aviation Factbook, and refers to a few different studies by NEXA advisors, both on small and medium-sized enterprises and large S&P 500 enterprises, and finds that, for instance, in the 2008-2009 recession, companies who utilized business aviation and, and primarily those who owned their own aircraft were able to recover more quickly and post greater top line growth than companies which did not have their own aircraft or didn't use business aviation uh, at all for travel within their company. And some of the benefits that business aviation provide are, of course, safety and security. And now we can add the increased safety and health security of employees, of clients, and increasing accessibility for those companies to continue their business operations going forward in a way that perhaps commercial aviation won't be able to provide in two or three months. So being prepared for an increased utilization while understanding that right now we're at a, a quiet point in flight hours, I think is, is key. You know, there will be more changes, more swings in activity and just make sure that you're using this time now to get your own house in order. Dave? Yeah, so um, I'm going to add to what Leah has to say in kind of more, um, uh, with a little bit more detail, because she hit the, the nail on the head. Right now is a time where you don't just take yourself out of the game because there's no flying, right? Actually, this is a time where you have to do more engagement. And the reason why is, you're more likely to get an audience with somebody right now when they're working from home and they're on their cell phone than, you know, when they're in back at the office jumping from meeting to meeting. So my recommendation, any flight department manager right now is to pick up the phone and start calling other department heads within your organization and just listening to them and learning what they might be able to do to help those folks out understand what the new business opportunities might be for your company, for your organization, and if your organization is going to have a shift in focus. Um, because if those things are going to have happen, you, you really need to be ready, right, to ask the question, how can the flight department help? How can we supplement? How can we support your new shift in focus, your new vision for what you're going to be doing? So what I, what I find is that you may be surprised that most of those folks don't even know how they could help because certain flight departments maybe have a very narrow focus on what their aircraft are used for. So, for example, a lot of, a lot of flight departments in the United States are just key, key personnel travel, you know, C-suite, and that's it. And there's some other flight departments, the airplanes basically belong to the sales and marketing department. Um, and then there's some flight departments that use the aircraft 
as a, a form of a corporate shuttle. And they've been narrowly focused into those roles. Now there's an opportunity to learn, does, engineer, does our engineering or pro production support people, could they use the aircraft? If we're making these changes, what are the new destinations? Because you may find out that this is going to be a whole new mission profile that'll require you to take a second look at what type of equipment you're using. And if it means an upgrade, there's never been a better time to do that because if, if, if um, when you're upgrading in a, in a market like this, there's more opportunities to find the airplane that's a perfect fit. So bottom line, enlist the help of outside. I'm going to make the shameless plug, right? Enlist the help of outside resources. Let us kind of help evaluate what you've got going. We've got some great engineering people here at Duncan that are looking at configuration changes right now. We just did a Gulfstream 5 in a high density configuration. If there's a company that's thinking maybe they want to go into a, um, into a corporate shuttle uh, type operation, we have the, the capability of doing that type of work. And you know, within our own department, we can help do mission analysis and profiles of what you want to do. But I think really it comes down to advocating for your department. Don't assume that people within your company know what your flight department capabilities are. They may not even know. You may want to look at opening up to more authorized approvers. These are people that can call up the flight, flight department and say, I want the airplane. You know, the typical company maybe has a handful of folks like that. Maybe you need to increase it to 12 or 18 or 20 people within an organization that can authorize the use of an airplane. The more people that use the airplane, the more advocates you have within your department. So if I was a flight department manager, I'd be looking towards how can I broaden broaden that base of, of support for our operation. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I really like what you said there about utilizing our engineering department and not only our engineering department, but really all of Duncan Aviation. We have so many resources. We have so many people that are ready and want to help customers with any of their needs. And so thank you both for joining us. I, I would say again, um, thank you for your insights. And we have one last question for you guys as well. What advice do you guys have for folks staying at home? And what have you guys done during uh, the pandemic here to stay positive? Uh, yes. So I I live in Chicago. I live in the city downtown and Chicago has been fairly hard hit lately with the coronavirus. So I can understand people who feel like they are stuck inside. What I've tried to do is get out for a little walk early in the morning, um, start my day with a little bit of sunshine. I'll, I'll strap my mask on and head outside for a little bit when it's not too crowded. And um, it's, it's just a nice way to start the day, feel like you're getting some kind of fresh air. And I've also, like many others, increased the amount of like gardening I'm doing, even in, in my little condo. So I've got uh, a windowsill garden that keeps me feeling connected and um, feeling like I'm, I don't know, connected to the earth in some way, connected to the outdoors and bringing the outdoors in. That's great. Yeah, I'm actually taking up guarding myself this weekend. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that as well. So, Dave, do you have anything you'd like to add? 
Well, you should give uh, Leah a call. She can help you with any tips you might have uh, for your gardening. Um, I, I'm doing a couple things. The first is I'm really limiting the amount of television, unless you've got a great movie you want to watch. I'm always, I'm, I'm always into great movies. I'm looking forward to the release of Top Gun 2, as a matter of fact. Um, limit the amount of internet you're using. There's, you know, the only internet really right now that I'm using is for kind of, uh, business related internet and, um, and, uh, connecting with friends and family. We've done some zoom, a lot of zooms with the family. Um, we had a, a, a zoom birthday party. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then the last thing I'm doing is I'm trying to catch up on reading, most of the reading that I catch up on is kind of um, sales related or, or just kind of more um, intellectual type of reading. But um, I wouldn't mind a nice fiction or two now and then. Well, Leah and Dave, once again, thank you both for joining us. Um, I'm sure many will enjoy your insights and uh, the takes you guys had on uh, the aircraft sales market. And listeners, thank you again for listening. Also, if you have any questions comments or suggestions for future podcasts, please reach out to us at straighttalk at duncanaviation.arrow. Thanks again, folks.